and the band was hard to put, keep together. It fell apart by the end of uh, that would be 1970 spring. It was that was um, uh, when uh, all uh, that's when Kent State happened. So schools went on strike. Artist Phil Rivlin holds a BFA from Pratt. Among his many talents are music, art, art conservation, and building and repairing guitars. He's been in New York City for 40 years, with the exception of two years in San Francisco. We met at the Guggenheim. Surprise! If you follow the podcast, you'll know that's where I met most of my art handler friends. But like the others, Phil's story is different and the same. One thing I'm learning with this project is there's always more to learn. How do you cover one person's life in just one hour? Mr. Rivlin came to join a crew of craftsmen, builders, and painters in the early 90s, a crew which I eventually joined and would work with throughout the decade. My audio's a little low in this combo, but it's still a really good one. Here's me and Phil catching up. Check it out, people. Okay. Okay. So, so... You started with music. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah. And, and um, that was your true, your first love. Um, well, uh, I, I think um, the two, as, as I had said earlier, it was the two trains running with that. I mean, making yeah. artwork was, was, um, uh, was very, very important to me. Um, at the same time that I was playing, playing that. guitar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and it often was a, a bit of a conundrum, you know, mm-hmm. how to, how to navigate that back sure. then. Um, sure, sure. and as it, as it were, you know, I was, uh, I, I transferred into Pratt from, um, New York tech and, mm-hmm. um, uh, during the New York tech time, um, was in a, uh, a band, some, uh, one band made from, from childhood who uh you know that time it was only a year after high school something like that who went on um to become a um he's probably one of the 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 most uh well-known modern composers his name is george santakis so he was he was a bandmate for a lot of years um, early on what's he known for well, he, I, I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's done commissions, uh, for, uh, Emerson Quartet, you know, all, everybody in, the, you know, the classical music world, um, ah. um, in, um, these times, um, knows, and he's, he's, uh, he lives upstate and he, he was a music director at Aspen Music Festival for years ah. and years, so he he went on to that, and you know was always writing. So um, he we put something together. It was a it was a large band. It had a horn section. Uh, one Whoa. point, uh, you know, had uh, That's pretty fabulous serious. fabulous woman singer. You know, from back then there were a number of bands like that in New York. But um, it was hard to keep together. We were making a record, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I think if it uh, if that had taken off, probably. Uh, much to the chagrin of my folks, I, I, I would have postponed going right. to, to Pratt where, where I had gotten into. But um, um, that so both things were happening at the same time. Uh, New York Tech, uh, I was lucky because there some of my mentors uh, uh, to this day, um, one in particular uh, was teaching there at the time. You know that that's what I found about art school. It was all about timing. You know, mm-hmm. how, um, who was, who was teaching there when you were attending, you know, okay. and okay. if you missed it, were off by a year, it, it might've affected your, your whole four years of school. Uh, okay. Um, 
to be, um, you, you know, either something extraordinary, which I, I felt very lucky um, at, at both places. But, um, okay. you know, the idea about getting into Pratt was um, something all, all the New York Tech team, uh-huh. you know, they were keen on that I was doing that too. So, um, and the band was hard to put, keep together. It fell apart by the end of uh, that would be 1970 spring. It was that was um, uh, when uh, all uh, that's when Kent State happened. So oh. schools went on strike, and um, so the band fell apart and, you know, for various reasons. And so uh, the next year was uh, yeah, it was at, 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 at Pratt, and um, very happy to be there. Um, also, um, uh, and at that point, I think I had had uh, my fill of, um, you know, having to uh, rely on a lot of other people to right. do something uh, uh, that, uh, you know, was, uh, you know, close to one's heart and, and mm-hmm. creative. And I thought, and it, it just, it was, it was like a relief to be making paintings and Right, right. Being solitary in that regard, you know, with a community around, of course, because it's yeah. school and uh, great mentors. Um, right, uh, but you just rely on you. You're not going to be uh, uh, disappointed by the, the band breaking up or something along those lines. Right, right. It, it uh, uh, Also, at that time in New York, I mean, um, basically, the, the Fillmore East put every small club out of business oh. during those years because it was run so well and uh, was reasonable. And, and, you know, they'd have two headline acts and one, one third that, that very often became very well known as well. Uh, and the shows were all, you know, it, it was only open for two and a half years, but a lot went on there during that time. So um, I think Lenny Kay wrote something about that. And, that. and that's what changed everything. So there was hardly anywhere to play. Uh, at a certain point, until the later 70s, when uh-huh. everything started happening at, at, at CDs, you know. Okay. And so, um, and so as time went on, I'd start looking in the voice after I wasn't playing in a band, mm-hmm. and seeing all these club ads and thinking, what, you know, mm-hmm. tele- who's television? You know, right. <laughs> it's like so. Uh, <laughs> it, it turned my head around uh, at, at that point, um, mm-hmm. you know. But by then, I was, um, you know, in Manhattan um, All right. with um, my girlfriend, and uh, became my wife. And, uh, ah. We lived uh, on Dwayne Street downtown. So. Really? Oh, that's uh, where uh, Scott. Wait. Yes, Scott. Scott Wixon lived yeah. across the street from me on okay. Dwayne. Yeah. Unknown to me. Uh, uh-huh. Until many years later, uh, probably when the first time I worked with him at the Guggenheim, ah, or um, he hired me, which uh-huh. was in the late '80s. Ah. Um, my um, marriage was coming undone, and I was, I was uh, living up uh, up in my brother's house up north, and uh, um, I, you know, started knocking on doors for work, and, uh-huh. and that was one place that, that was recommended to me so um so i i did i did some work i'm not quite sure i can't recall what what it was exactly uh-huh. in, at that time but then didn't come back till um uh you know early early 90s when, yeah when we know, met that, right yeah right. When, exactly yeah so, so did, um, um yeah. let's see you i just i'll, I'll back up to pratt a little bit because mm-hmm. uh, yep apparently you and according to our earlier conversation you and rich had uh similar uh, 
Pratt Institute experiences. Yeah, we, we did. We, we were there at the same time, basically. Uh, um, uh, and, and that was because I, I transferred in. So, you know, it was kind of half between the, the, a year ahead and not, you know, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. just in terms of credits that they accepted. So, um, yeah, and we lived in the same dorm building for all of those years as oh, well. Really? So, um, um, and, and, you know, there were a few of us there that, that are still close. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I, I think, uh, you know, and when we shared similar mentors and similar experiences, um, the, you know, one probably, uh, which probably talked about Jake Berto as yes, well. Yes, I believe he did, and, yes. Yeah, so Jake, Jake was my mentor as well. Um, I was fortunate enough once I graduated uh, that um, I, we, we lived in similar neighborhood and um, I did see him quite often because I, uh, I did a lot of work in his studio um, mm-hmm. building uh, painting panels that he used back then that time. Uh, and um, so our relationship in that way continued. He, he used mm-hmm. to always say, um, at the end of Pratt, probably the last time he was looking at and work I did, he said, you know, basically he said it's it's a purely a matter of economics as to whether we see each other once you get out of school. Uh-huh. That was a sentence. I remember it very wow. well. And yeah. it was a bit of a puzzle. I didn't mm-hmm. quite understand it until uh, not too long after that. But then mm-hmm. it's made sense ever since, you know. Um, yeah. You understand you know, who, it now, who, right? who we bonded to, you yeah, know, yeah. in that way. And um, he was very, very supportive of me. He, he passed a number of years ago. Yeah. And, um, I did speak, actually, which he came in for that. He was mm-hmm. living up in Vermont, and uh, I, I, I spoke at Jake's memorial. Oh. done that with a few people. Um, you know, it was, um, you know, it was... was Happy to under the circumstances and uh, right. yeah, yeah. Like a, a lot of people from my past because um, uh, you know after we worked together, um, uh, I I went off to uh, work at uh, Rudy's Music and you know that turned into the building instruments there. Yeah, with, um, always yeah. one other uh, one or two other people. But um, so what, early on, yeah. 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 Uh, early on, um, I, I was I, I was doing a lot of work in the Soho galleries while I was a Pratt. Um, ah, okay. okay. Just got got uh, onto that through some of my mentors. So you came into Pratt, and I knew knew a, a, a few people that were my teachers at New York Tech, which was out on Long Island, about thirty miles uh, uh, east of Manhattan, mm-hmm. where um, a lot of people were teaching you know so mm-hmm. i knew them already and i had been to their places and uh, i felt like i i had some idea and you know, they would hire me for things uh here and there and then uh it turned out that uh, i, I kind of got got into hooked into the whole gallery situation uh downtown which was not big you know it was in soho and for a while they, there was maybe there were maybe six five or six galleries down there and this so is uh, kind of, late uh, 70s, early 80s? Or? Uh, this is, no, this is actually early 70s. So, wow. uh, uh, you know, even before, you know, early, I mean, 70, 71, uh, 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 probably 71, 72, 73. Uh-huh. And then, you know, the, the whole story with all of us, you work at one place and 
mm-hmm. uh, get along with people, and then you you get into the next one. So right, uh, right. You know, I did did work for you networked in uh, a, a number of them. Yeah. I think the first one was was a, was Reese Pally, which um, was a uh, a gigantic huge space on Prince Street became part of the hotel on Prince Street, uh, or, or it was in the, the building of that, ah. that Prince. Uh, the, became a, a hotel years later uh-huh. um, and lots of very very large scale abstraction that was oh, being done wow. there. so it needed a lot of people to um, handle everything sure, um, sure. there was some uh, Reese Pally was he, he owned a uh, like a expensive porcelain or he sold expensive gift items in Atlantic City uh-huh. but he thought uh, there was something happening in Soho so he he opened this gallery uh, I think as far as the story goes, and but he always had some very savvy um, directors there. You know, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I think David Hickey. David Hickey worked there for a long time. Um, um, that name sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, you know writes a lot of. He wrote the book uh, Air Guitar, or wow. it's a, it's a book of essays. Okay. Um, that's probably uh, and uh, yeah, he's um, he's from Texas, so he was an interesting guy. Talk about two trains running and music yeah. and stuff. I mean, <laughs> he knew everybody. He knew the ZZ Top guys. He 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 was oh, really yeah. He wrote songs. He knew Terry Allen really well, of course. Oh, um, there's that connection there, you know. And those are things of learning, having painted his apartment years later, you know. So, <laughs> um, but uh, and and Betty Cunningham worked there. Uh, yes, for, tell me about Betty before, Cunningham. Before she started uh, her own gallery across the street above Finelli's Cafe, which was, you know, the first speakeasy in Manhattan, I think, or one of them. Uh, uh, called Finelli's? Finelli's, yeah. Okay. And, and for years was the only, uh, that was that was the bar everyone went to after openings in uh-huh. Soho. You know, it was a sort of neighborhood place. For everybody that was living there, had studios in the neighborhood, wow. so um, mentors, friends. It was uh, it was all of that was um, very sweet, you know. Mm-hmm. Remembering what yeah. that was like back then um, as a kid, you know, it was wasn't yeah you know, yeah. The, the mentors how old were, about, were you then? Oh. Um, let's see, uh, 20, 21, yeah. you know, thereabouts. Um, that I felt like I grew up in that neighborhood. Yeah, you know, it's not far from where I am now, but um, there's hardly anybody there now that mm-hmm. I know. A couple of people still from back then, even uh, Christine Ockus, the sculptor, uh, uh, Max Gimlet, the painter, um, a few others, but not hardly, hardly any. Yeah, it's this shadow of its former scruffy self. Right. With, yeah, um, but the neighborhood is super changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the only the only thing that's you know it's all retail now, of course, for the yeah. most part. Most of the galleries are, are no longer there, um, mm-hmm. and uh, the the only saving grace is the fact that um, you know so we came in with a lot of money and they they restored all the cast iron fronts to the oh, buildings in uh-huh. those cases. So it's interesting to see that after all mm-hmm. these years. Yeah. So I I, I um, that was you know I worked in that world for a long time. You were, Until, I don't know, uh, late 70s. Late maybe, 70s, you know? okay. You, did you yeah. show show work at uh, Betty Cunningham's gallery? Or, um, yeah, yes, I did early uh-huh. on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was very fortunate to, to be able to do that. Um, though, um, you know, she, uh, at, at a point, um, did uh, 
did need to close and um, then years yeah. later got back, uh, you know, just uh, kept her dream alive all those years. I mean, she, uh -huh. she worked for Robert Miller. She worked oh, for um, Herschel okay. and Adler Modern and uh, uh -huh. started then her own place in Chelsea 15 years ago, maybe, wow. maybe a little more than that now. Wow. So she's um, still there. She's now on Lower East Side on, on Rivington Street mm -hmm. and um, still still vital. Um, so there's some anchors for me here in, in uh, people that I've known since I was really young. Sure. Um, it's, yeah. That's, that's yeah. deep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes. It is almost like a, well, this is going to sound ridiculous. It's like a small town <laughs> in some way. Well, it, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It always. <laughs> Yeah, it always felt that way in that world. Mm -hmm. You know, there was like small town gossip and there was, mm -hmm. you know, all of that, which that, that, that was very intriguing when I was still in school, yeah. you know. But it, it helped. Um, I, I got to learn a lot about what that world was like. Yeah. It just it, it, it made all the sense to me in the world to, mm -hmm. to be. Uh, I felt really um, comfortable within it all. So. Yeah, because, yeah, you had like kind of a ground zero uh, view of it. Yeah, yeah, early, early on. Yeah, yeah, and and you know that that kept going over over time with some breaks, mm -hmm. with some sort of steady mm -hmm. graphic design gigs in between, oh. but, but not not much of that. Not, uh, you know, not a lot of graphic design. No, I, I mean I worked for. Uh, there was a point where you know the the gal. It was I was also older already. I, mm -hmm. That that was already late seventies, and. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I needed to find something uh, that was steadier, that uh, uh, might, you know, be more lucrative um, yeah. just to earn a living because things just kept getting getting more and more expensive. Right. So um, <laughs> I, I did that briefly, but it, it always but, you know, I, I think I went would never have a steady job for more than a year and a half. You know, oh. that was about the limit on it. Um, not self-imposed, but you know, maybe employer-imposed or, uh -huh, no. or 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 changes one way or another uh -huh, in, uh -huh. in everything. So so kept going back to um, working, um, you know, on projects and did some of Rich, you know, at the Museum of the American Indian. Yes, Rich talked about that when I talked to him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, a, a, a couple of things there, and and. Um, you know, whatever else came came my way, and and through that, ended up um, uh, working for some people. One of the you know, Circular Hayes Warehouse at one point. What is that? Some things around Circular Hayes. It's just a, it it is a place on. They had a couple of places. Um, one's on the west side, but uh, the one initially I worked in was um, it's an art storage place. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, amongst other things, you know, high-end um, objects and stuff like okay. that. So I'd gone in, and it turned out that the, the two people that, that had uh, had me there for a day were involved with the Mark Rothko Foundation. Ah, and, yes. um, and so we, we, we got along, um, uh, and they asked me to come into the foundation itself to ah, work. And what was that like? And, well, that, that was incredible. I mean, um, uh, one reason, of course, is that Rothko was a, a very, very big influence on, on my work. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I had a chance to uh, basically the, the foundation there. The estate was divided in half mm -hmm. after uh, after he passed. 
and um, you know they divided up all the work. So so it was like five sevens went to the foundation, I think, and um, uh, the rest went to uh, or I don't know. It was I don't know how they divided it up. Five sevens was for uh, Kate and Christopher, his children, and uh, the foundation. Got, well, everything was kind of split 50-50 in terms of time frame of work and um, quality uh, in regards to uh, some of the people that used to, uh, like Irving Sam or people that wrote about um, uh-huh. Rothko's work over time, uh, um, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So so there were two mirror collections. Um, mm-hmm. um, and the, the foundation collection was um, uh, going to be... Um, it, it it did it didn't last in uh, perpetuity. It was um, had a finite end date, and the idea was to um, restore the work uh, as best it could be. Um, mm-hmm. It had been poorly restored in the past by places like Marlboro, uh, uh-huh. that was uh, his dealer, um, oh especially uh, I think after he passed away. It was, uh, all kinds of. Um, um, Intrigue about what went on, you know, right. with, with with that that whole thing. Um, I think Lee Seldes wrote a book of, of, about the, um, you know, the, the work disappeared, and you know, uh, probably out of the studio mm-hmm. before. Uh-huh. Uh, and, oh no! Yeah, you know, things things uh, things like that. Um, Crap. Um, I haven't. Hey, wait, wait. Rothko yeah. had paintings in Studio Fifty Four. No, no. no. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Uh- Maybe. Uh, <laughs> no, be, before, um, be, be, after he died, a number of paintings and works on paper disappeared. Oh, okay, yeah. From his, uh, I think he was on 68th Street or 69th Street, okay. uh, east okay. of Lex, in okay. a big studio there. Um, you know, there's all kinds of speculation where that is. Mm-hmm. And some of it may have never seen the light of day, mm-hmm. you know, maybe in collections, but, you know, you know the work has been documented, mm-hmm. but just literally disappeared and mm-hmm. it didn't, it hadn't been, uh, didn't, it wasn't owned by yeah. somebody else at the mm-hmm. time that, Very that, suspicious. that we know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, so, you know, it was very valuable. Yeah. So as, as well. Um, and I think, uh, you know, that, that's, that's that's where it went, but uh, a lot of it was not either in bad shape or wasn't restored very well. And right, the, right. the reason I think I got to stay there all that time was I had some woodworking skills, uh-huh. and um, I was assistant to uh, uh, Dana Cranmer, who was the conservator there. Ah. Um, and uh, essentially, um, I, we built a lot of his painting stretchers. Um, okay. because he, he, he used substandard supports, so they were always out of square and very often, you know, when the, if the oh, crossbars no. weren't cut right and you stretch canvas on it, they, you, you'd get, you, you'd get a curve to mm-hmm. a side or, or all four sides that were different or, mm-hmm. uh, or, or something that bumped out and curved in. So, so we, we made, um, what, what Marlboro did when they restored the paintings was they, um, you know, they would use square or rectangular stretcher of good quality, and then they would in-paint all oh. the, the, the edges. Um, oh, like uh, in where it very didn't kind match of, anymore. You know, it was kind of very European style of in-painting, too. Mm. Um, uh, so it, it, the, the relationship 
of his forms to the edge of the the, uh, the painting itself, mm-hmm. stretcher canvas were, were all altered. Okay. And they were wax lined with heavy old um, uh, wax linings that, um, you know, were, were so dense they didn't let the light through to bounce uh. back. Like, so the luminosity was gone as well. Uh. Those were impossible to... You, you you couldn't undo that, right? Right. Um, really, at that point. So, but you know, those were those were for sale at one time. You know? mm-hmm. um, so anything else had to be done. You know, with more uh, modern um, uh, conservation techniques and more reversible techniques, and yeah. um, um, and th- we we didn't want to lose the tacking margin. Uh, you know, the edge where, right. where it originally was. Right. So what it meant was um, um, making a pattern for uh, from the old stretcher mm-hmm. onto a new stretcher and then uh, removing wood or adding wood to, you know, uh, all four sides. Oh, that sounds like a pain. That um, sounds like a difficult job. Like a Yeah. Well, it... it, um, uh, it it, it seems complex, right. and but we, we ended up getting a system down okay. to do it. So, you know, it was a lot of hand planing and um, uh, some, some you know, use of power tools, but very little because mm-hmm. it, it was subtle in a lot of cases. And it, though there are a few, uh, one ended up at the Whitney that, that uh, it looks right, uh-huh. but the edge is so wavy, it's unbelievable, okay. <laughs> you know. Um, um, but that's, I was, I was doing a lot of that, mm-hmm. dealing with, um, you know, uh, um, adding, uh, adding something to the tacking margin so they could be stretched. And, mm-hmm. and, and all of those stretchers were real stretchers, not strainers, you know, where you could key them out in each direction. So oh, you could okay. you set can... up their out of squareness first and then make the patterns and trim everything. So, so that kept me there till, till, uh, the end of it, you know, mm-hmm. which, um, uh, it was about five years or so, and I thought, you know, after all of the things that I had done, um, um, that was the best long-term um, yeah. uh, uh, job I had in the art world. Um, yeah, that uh, sounds pretty cool. At that point, and something I'll always remember. Also, being that close to the work was um, mm-hmm. was was grand. Yeah, that's beautiful. not a common. Yeah, not everyone has that. Experience, not everyone. No, I I felt really lucky with yeah. that one. You know, there there was some outstanding things all through all of that time, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, the big Oldenburg part of a flashlight sculpture that was installed in in his gallery at the time. You know, crazy, uh, but very much like <laughs> the Guggenheim kind of work, where mm-hmm. you know you you know you'd be up all night. Oh boy, okay, getting yeah. it ready for the Saturday opening, mm-hmm. kind of days and days before that, and I worked with some great oh, people and some things like that. But um, but Rothko, that that was that was lovely, mm-hmm. and uh, the the, the um, people I worked with there were great, and uh, mm-hmm. that was special. So that's yeah, that's cool. I, lo- I love yeah. that story. I do, I also yeah. know from t- talking to you earlier that you that was the first time you crossed paths with. Uh, Joe Adams. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, at the at the end, when uh, everything needed to be um, distributed, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the um, foundation, you know, was was not going to rent. That was another Serper Hayes space, they, which they had purpose built: um, two garage doors, HVAC system, um, 
and uh, you know it was just private, no no other access. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, specifically, um, uh, early on they did that because it was about uh, you know keeping the work in the best shape possible and having a uh, you know sliding screens like like uh, Guggenheim storage. Yeah. Um, yeah. On 47th Street, it, it was amazing space. But um, yeah, everything had to be distributed, so uh, a lot more people came in um, to work there. Oh, okay. Usually one or one or two, uh-huh. but uh-huh. Um, Joe was there. That's where I met Joe. Remember cool. that? Yeah, it's a small world in that respect, yeah. <laughs> as, as it goes, which um, is endearing that yeah. we're all still in touch in some ways. You know? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to be part of that. Yeah, 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 me too. (laughs) How did you end up at the Guggenheim for the second time in the 90s? I think, you know, I I think that uh, that I kind of came along with Rich on on that one, Uh you know. Um, And, uh, you know, I I guess I guess what the story goes. um, uh, He um, he he uh, he. He met Peter Reed and, oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know, got, got some, started getting some work there. And then uh, he and I would work together on, on uh, outside jobs, which, which I was also very grateful for. I mean, he's, he's got mad carpentry skills. And I, I, <clears throat> I, I always, uh, you know, I felt um, uh, just uh, re- really fortunate to, to be able to work with him. And, of course, we had known each other all those years. Uh-huh. Anyhow, and yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you know, kind of uh, it, it worked. So that's uh, I remember that, but part of being '92 or something like that. It's, yeah, I, I have been living in yeah, yeah, in the Bay Area. I, I had left New York for two years, not even two years, uh, never to return. Oh, really? Um, uh, it, in 1989. Um, yeah, you know that was um, uh, my, my my marriage came undone and. Uh, Crap. We had to get out of the West 26th Street place we had. Rich lived uh, uh, on 26th Street as well. Uh-huh. And um, that was years of my life that I felt I was running, really. Mm-hmm. Um, went, went out there. Um, I had to, you know, we, my ex and I had some mutual friends uh, mm-hmm. from when we were in our early 20s. Wait, so Bay some, Area, yeah. you mean uh, Boston? Uh, Bay Area. Um, West Coast. Uh, San Francisco Bay Area. San Francisco, okay. okay. Yeah, so I, I left. Friends lived out there in Berkeley, and uh, it was such an enchanting, you know, kind of a hauntingly beautiful place. And yeah. wasn't humid. And, uh, and, and, and at that time, I was working for a cabinet maker in Brooklyn, and I thought, oh, I can do this out there, you know. Right. If uh, somewhere is probably a lot of that going on, mm-hmm. um, and the shop won't be pot is all get out in the summer you know <laughs> so and and you know that was a time uh yeah, it was already what late late 30s you know okay. still lots of energy mm-hmm. able to move um i did a lot of soul searching out there but boy did i ever miss new york mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um you know mm-hmm. uh some of the friends understood why i came back uh they got it others just scratch their head uh-huh you know <laughs> but uh and and then the the art world in in the east bay was um okay. curious because um uh everybody there wanted to be here yeah you know? so they they looked at me with suspicion uh-huh. <laughs> you know Hilarious. and uh 
I, I found um, there were a couple of people that I connected with, and they, they typically were people that had either studied back east or um, studied in Europe, mm-hmm. or there was some connection to east but not west. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, I, I, I loved going there to visit, um, but um, I, I you know, came back here. And Beautiful. been here 29 years, 29 years. <laughs> at this point. I, I miss New York um, dearly, so yeah, there's I came about back yeah. in 91. And, and uh, you know, as disorienting as all that was, um, um, it, it didn't take long to feel like I had made the right decision. Yeah, I've been back here 29 years okay. at this point yeah, yeah. Uh, right now. Um, don't know how much longer I can mm-hmm. I'll be able to stay here. Just given the, the whole situation in terms of my working situation now, and uh, yeah, you might be upstate. yeah, yeah you might be yeah. in for a, a long commute. Yeah, at the very yeah. least, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not so sure. I, I all of this stuff is so. There's so many things that are up in the air right now because the virus came to town. Yeah, um, that uh, you know are being pushed. Um, you know, one direction or another, but not knowing. Right, um, right. Which, of course, we none of us know on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment, anyhow. But mm-hmm. um, it seems a lot more intense right now. So yeah. it's a bit odds with things that way. But, um, but yeah, I was glad to be back and, and um, um, started, did, did uh, yeah, and, and, you know, reconnected with, with friends, I think, while I was looking for a place here. I stayed with Rich on 26th Street for uh-huh. an, uh, a, a couple of those times, you know, so so really grateful for that. And uh, came back, um, and, you know, a lot of people here that, that were, um, I was glad to be back with, but mm-hmm. I think within five years of me being here, most of them left. <laughs> so, oh, <shit. laughs> uh, but, you, you know, um, New York, you, you, if, if you're flexible and you, you can, you can make new friends. And I felt like I did that. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll, yeah. My I'm, new New York experiences, I, uh, I, I, uh, kind of re- regret leaving, you know, yeah. I have yeah. a lot of nostalgia yeah. for it. And, and it was a pain to get a real job once I came here, mm-hmm. but it's, yeah. I mean, I guess it in ultimately worked out. There's a there's a there's a very there's a positive side. You know, it's good to have a job with the university. You know, and yep, yeah, big organization yeah. that pays the bills. <laughs> yeah, and also, um, it's it's somewhere that you know. You know, yeah. it's not an unfamiliar place to you. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's important. You know, mm-hmm. uh, people uh, people need. Um, well, some depends. Yeah. Some need more grounding than others, but um, um, uh, I think that uh, if there's some familiarity, and and I mean, when I met you, I mean, I, I met I met all the Athens folks at the same time. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there was a, a brother Brian and cousin Clay. You know, Clay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I might admit you were up here first, actually, but then this guys all came yeah. up. I remember, remember I their there, whole. Yeah. yeah, I was there in '92, and then moved out in 90 no no i was in new york in in 90 or 89 and then to guggenheim mm-hmm. 92 then i left new york in 95 and at some point yeah my my brother and clay would come back you know with me yep so that wasn't it was either yeah 
I, I recall when you left. Yeah. Uh, also, um, and and was um, I missed you? You know, uh, when, when that happened. You, yeah. You know, <laughs> that and then um, Bayan disappeared too, and, yeah. and and Clay, you know, went to parts unknown, as he would say on Facebook. Oh, funny. Probably, you know, surfing breaks that he didn't want yeah. to to publicize. <laughs> oh, yeah, he traveled a lot. Of, a lot of uh, uh, yeah, surf, surfing trips. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he's yeah. Still pretty. He's, doesn't share he doesn't tell where he's going like even when he's in Athens he doesn't necessarily right. call me right <laughs> but I think yeah. I'm pretty sure he lives in Mexico now uh yes it looks that way yeah. um I know um I mean he, he you know he he was inspiring me in terms of you know it's like he he was he structured his whole life around surfing trips mm-hmm. you know yeah and yeah. uh it's a hardcore really really good yeah something yeah. that um, was like unfinished kid business for me. And I, I never, you know, I was still <laughs> having to get to the beach by somebody older than me who had a driver's license. Right, you know, it wasn't right. like a, I lived on Long Island, but mm. North Shore. So it oh, wasn't like you were on the ocean all the time and grew up with it. And I always I remember asking. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. grew up about a, a block or two from the water in, in Charleston, right. South Carolina. I, I remember time. asking yeah. him. I said, so, so, okay, so when did you start surfing or yeah. when? He said, he said, I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. Prob- yeah, probably <laughs> I, uh, five. You know, yeah, uh, yeah and, and he said, all I know is I've been in the ocean since I was three. Mm-hmm. So I learned to swim. Mm-hmm. So my dad taught me to swim. And I, yeah. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, he's yeah, so he would talk about the trips, uh, you know, he'd go to Indo all the time. So it was mm-hmm. amazing, you know, and then, um, I, I, he was, I think he lived in Hawaii for a while, uh, Oahu North Shore, you know, um, a, a bit of time, I think, I'd run into him mm-hmm. so often. But, um, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, the crew is fascinating, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I also felt very, very glad to be there, too. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, uh, just uh, with, um, it was such a, a, a special mixture of people, you know, it was, it was people great, making yeah. art. It, mm-hmm. people, People, people playing music, you know, all of those things together um, was uh, was great. So it was a was a grand a grand time with that, you know. I thought. Um, yeah, it was a magical time and place, you know. Yeah. And it was like yeah. a, a, a. It's like I, I realized I did I didn't socialize very much, but like being in those environments where we were supposed to be there and working. It was kind of like my social life as well, right? You know, yeah. I guess in yeah, some too. days, some days yeah. for twelve-hour days. So what do you, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the work work days were intense mm-hmm. and worked really hard and got a lot done in that time. Yeah. Um, and you know, compensation was was great because mm-hmm. it, it, there was overtime involved. Hell, yeah. how amazing. Yeah, I really um, appreciate that. Yeah. And it, it just, it, there was a bonding, you know, there was yeah. something that just felt really good. It, it, it didn't, uh, uh, there, there, there was, you know, during the changeovers, there, mm-hmm. there was no time to be um, um, uh, uh, disagreeable or, or um, no. you know, there right. was no time to complain, really, right, right, um, right. in a sense. But um, all that, <laughs> that energy was, was, uh, was super, you know. Yeah. I I don't know what went on. I, I mean, I maintained the motorcycle show. I would go in and paint oh, really? every Thursday. Okay. 
uh -huh. uh, during that. And then, um, you know, worked on maybe a couple of things after that. Mm -hmm. I, my memory escapes me, but I, I was working for a couple of um, conservation studios, actually. Yeah, tell uh, me about that. Where, where Chris uh, worked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah um, that, that came through uh, because I had worked for Dana at Rothko. Okay. That that really helped me uh, mm -hmm. at at that time, um, and I think uh, I think Susie Fisher told me about a conservator. She yeah, Susan Fisher. She, yeah, yeah. Um, How's she doing? Um, I bumped into her a few years ago in mm -hmm. in Manhattan. I think she's um she's living out in um, Greenpoint, Williamsburg, or at least was at the time. Uh -huh, um, uh -huh. and she's she seemed okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, from what I could tell, cool, and, um, cool. but um, she she had recommended that I was looking for work again at a certain uh, point, and she said you you might want to. Um, there's a conservator I worked for, and um, um, you, you know I worked there for a day, but it, it didn't really work out. And, yeah. um, so she gave Charles von Nostitz, uh my name, uh -huh. and he called me up and um, you know went in and worked for a day, and uh, you know I guess I passed the audition, so. Mm -hmm. Um, deal. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he gave, uh, he gave me you know, a few days a week, uh, yeah. it was usually more than that. And, and, and he had had a number of assistants. So, mm -hmm. um, um, and I, I did that work, um, when, um, at the same time I started apprenticing at Rudy's, you know, I was thinking, well, oh, really? you know, where am I going to go with this? Because, um, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of guitar repair, mm -hmm. a lot of guitars out there that probably need restoration. That's what I was thinking. You know? Right, right. Um, and um, having, you know, been in that world from the mid late '60s, you know, early mm -hmm. '60s, even um, thought, yeah, they're, and and they're valuable, you know. So maybe there's a way to learn that. Now that wasn't so easy to do in New York. No. Um, so I, I I went around. I had um, you know, a couple of people that were very kind to me, uh, Roger Sadowski, who uh, had, builds instruments and uh -huh. was one of the main repair guys in New York, um, helped, helped me out some degree and uh, well, quite a bit, actually. And I had done carpentry for him through the years and uh -huh. uh, owned one of his instruments as well. So um, um, I ended up at Rudy's. Um, uh, the, the the main guy, Moschino, who was there at the time, uh, needed some help mm -hmm. building Rudy's custom instruments. So I um, I sorted it out so I could um, apprentice there. So I, I worked for Charles my three days and uh -huh. um, would go into Rudy's the other days because uh, uh -huh. they're open on Saturdays. So I you know have three days there, three uh -huh. days with Charles. And um, once Rudy's became uh, a full-time opportunity, mm -hmm. um, I left Charles um, and um, uh, actually, you know, gave him notice because I didn't really know what was going to happen at Rudy's. I, I gave him a month. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I said, look, wh whatever happens, if he wants me tomorrow, because Charles wanted you know, to yeah. keep things going there. I said, I don't know. They're, they're not really forthcoming about it. Mm -hmm. Nothing planned necessarily at, at the moment. I don't know. So I'll give you a month no matter what, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, ah, okay. and that's what we did. And then, then Rich helped me find uh, somebody for Charles. That was, uh, I think that was Philip Hall who worked uh -huh. at the, the Guggenheim. And um, 
And did, did I meet Philip Hall? Uh, I think I, I think uh, I maybe did once, but mm-hmm. later later years. Um, um, I believe he's from Australia. Yeah. Hmm. So you might have been gone already by yeah, that time. Yeah, I think I probably was. I I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Only one yeah. Australian guy, Gary Nichols. Right, Gary. Yeah, from Tasmania, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Gary. Yeah. 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 Gary's great. And um, so uh, Philip worked there, and and uh, I think Charles was, you know, he it, that worked out great. So um, Charles and I, you know, we managed to stay in touch all that time. And then I think when Philip, it, it was a funny thing. Philip went basically. Chris and Philip traded. I think uh, Philip went to the Gray Gallery. They swapped and, jobs. <coughs> yeah, because Chris was working there at that time. Uh-huh. I think uh, they. It, it just worked out that way. I'm not uh-huh. exactly sure what the the uh, the, the the facts of that were, mm-hmm. but um, and uh, and then uh, Chris was uh, Charles' last assistant before he retired. So uh-huh. um, I think um, you, you know he. Um, did a, a lot of, uh, you know, he, he was very proactive while he was there to learn how to use a heat table and all kinds of things that um, I, I didn't avail myself of. And, um, um, and that has served him very well, you know, since. So so it's the, the interconnectedness of it all is, is um, makes me smile, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, at, at this point. Mm-hmm. Um and also that um, I, uh, you know, I still feel very close to Chris and Julie too. Right. Yeah. Great, um, great couple. And yeah. They, um, you know, they they really helped me out when, um, uh, you know, when Julie Julie uh, was working at uh, at Hirsch, um, ah. uh, had me come in there for a bit of time, and 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 that was great because in a way, mm-hmm. um, they were there were the they were the only people that were here from back when we all met in New York. Uh, Yeah. You know, and that's, that's in, you know, turn of the century already. mm. That's, that's after, (laughs) uh, after I wasn't at Rudy's anymore. I needed, uh, I needed some work, you know? So yeah, Rudy's, uh, yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, that's a a whole other story, uh, altogether, but, um, um, it, it, um, Doing doing a guitar work and it kind of satiated my need to make mm-hmm. colored objects in, right. in a sense, right. uh, you know, wooden things that were being painted, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes with car paint and all kinds of beautiful yeah. stuff. So um, uh, that and was intense, you know, it was a lot to do and didn't have two days off in a row because it was a retail place, but uh-huh. everything was built out of the repair shop. So okay. um, that is really and. Cool. Uh, yeah, and when that chapter, uh, you know, uh, ended around 2012, it's um, yeah, it's been a bit of a scramble uh-huh. um, ever since, um, in some respects. So yeah, yeah, uh-huh. and in terms of the 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 work, I guess um, that uh, you know artwork I'm making now. Yeah, I mean, been, yeah, the, these little uh, yeah. stamp size. Yeah, they, they they are. Yeah, I've been doing them for a long time. Um, and I think part of it, my, my work was always small scale mm-hmm. making paintings. Yeah. I don't think I made anything that was, it might've been eight feet long, but it was never, uh, I think that one particular work I'm thinking it was eight, eight foot long, 22, uh, 22 inches height, ah, you know, that, uh-huh. that kind of, 
thing. It uh, wasn't, um, you know, it was never large scale. I think in some respects, because of all the hard work we did mm -hmm. in the in the art handling world and moving things around yeah. and, and, and all of those logistics and seeing <laughs> being in people's yeah. studios where they, 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 their storage was full and they had to get rid of things. Um, yeah. something about it, um, so that spoke to me in, in a way that I thought, hmm, you, you know, yeah. I think it was sort of a reaction, you know, yeah. against that. Plus, I, um, it was a, yeah, I wish I had, um, come to that conclusion early on too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, I, I think, um, you, you know, one needs to do what they need to do, yeah, you know, yeah. really. That's the vision. But um, there, there was a point where I started getting interested in uh, uh, work that, that wouldn't have interested me early on as, as mm -hmm. uh, much as, uh, you know, Rothko or, or Jake Berto's work or Bryce's work, uh, Bryce Martin's work yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and, and many others, Alan Uglo a lot of a lot of people that were making uh, non-objective mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, non-objective paintings and drawings essentially yeah. you know and, uh, um, um, and you know that that also had a, uh, a some sort of um, they had an affinity to Europe European painting mm -hmm. you know so you know for for people like Jake and, 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 and Bryce, it was, you know, Cezanne was huge, you know, and mm -hmm. how, how did that actually come about in, you know, looking at what they were doing, you know, and mm -hmm. things. So I learned a lot about that. And, mm -hmm. um, but, but later on, so, you know, I remember being in Charles studio and he was working on a beautiful Meslinier painting, you know, uh, Napoleon, yeah. oh, uh, uh, one of those, um, you know, panoramic, you know, like widescreen, movie mm -hmm. painting but it was small you know painting was oh, I, I don't know 18 inches tall um uh you know uh, i don't know it was napoleon entering so i, I don't remember the mm -hmm. title exactly and i had a, a you know good <laughs> long time looking at this because mm -hmm. it was in the studio for a while and i'd start looking at the details you know yeah. just uh the 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 the, um, the craft of it all you know the the, the shields that they had and the, the painting inside of that and you know I was always interested in painters how where they were going in their work you know, yeah, you know what yeah. kind of journey were they they mm -hmm. on uh as they made their work you know mm -hmm. getting lost in places and stuff like that so um so i i that all of that you know went into this you know, I was in a, a situation where I, I I couldn't really do much more than mm -hmm. um, work on paper. Um, I, I made small painted constructions as well, uh -huh. um, um, but um, that's that's where this uh, you know went. And also, um, I guess I became fascinated with Donald Evans' work too. Uh, who was that? Yeah, Donald Evans um, made um, thousands of them. I think he started when he was a. Uh, uh, a, a kid mm -hmm. um i think the the main book out there's called the world of donald evans and and mm -hmm. he he was making postage stamps from imaginary countries <laughs> that he would make up mm -hmm. and uh and you know he had a, a whole system um with a, a, a little die cut stamp that he could make the edges oh. perforated like mm -hmm. the postage stamps are and uh some blocks of four or many on a page. They're exquisitely beautiful. Um, I think he was, uh, he died quite young. He died in his thirties. 
and uh, there was a fire in his studio in the Netherlands. He, he often traveled to do his work mm-hmm. because he could pack it up in a suitcase. Oh, yeah. And uh, he, um, uh, that's uh, when that, you know, so he'd spent time in the Netherlands. But his work, um, a lot of watercolor and drawing. And, mm-hmm. and, and again, it's, it, it's, um, there's something really exquisitely beautiful about it in that. In, in a way, wow. and um, I have to check him out. So uh, yeah, 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 would would definitely be of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and he make postcards sometimes with a stamp on it, and uh, I think okay. I've seen some of those as well. So exactly. all small scale, <laughs> you know, um, uh, Persian miniatures, um, you know, work from from Asia that was miniature size. So uh-huh. uh, keep doing that um, cool. as long as my um, Eyes will hold out, and uh, my hands don't get too um, too shaky. <laughs> too shaky. I remember with how it goes. if I can't remember if I saw this in real life or a photograph, but it was a piece of your artwork that sticks in my mind, and uh, it looked like pink frosting on a very on a tiny format. Like I think you okay. colored some joint compound or some. I'm not okay. sure. Okay. Do you remember yeah, doing something yeah. like that? Or? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. That might have been um, uh, was, that might have been something that was out in the world um, uh, at one point. Um, at, uh, near near where Chris near near where Chris. Uh, yes, it might have been in a small work show, something like that. Yeah. So those uh, those are what I was talking about in terms of constructions. You know. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so I was using balsa wood uh-huh. for the most part, um, which I could, you know, hand hard to sand that stuff and little yeah. strange cutting it too, but mm-hmm. it doesn't weigh a lot, you know, right, right, yeah. and then I could use joint, I could use mud on, on, on that and then uh, paint okay. into it. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I think there was something in a, uh, there, I think there was a small works show at one point in, uh, well, Gray did those. Yeah, uh, might have been something in that. Uh, there was yeah. something near where Chris and Julie uh, live up near Seventh Avenue years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Barney's was there, they had a a window show of sorts and had a work uh, in that 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 show. I remember too. Um, you know, um, yeah, um, not not a lot of work out there in the you know the 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 conventional art world um after betty's um okay and the paintings i showed at betty's were all shaped paint nothing was rectangular either so there, it was something uh, about making things and yeah you know, painted painted objects so things like that sometimes i look at look at guitar parts that way you know right and, uh, uh, it, it, at some point in time um you know who knows where that will go it's it's it, it's still part of my heart and soul and uh um you know, just uh, it's also a link to, you know, the world that that I've been in since I was nineteen or twenty. Yeah, you know, it's your um, yeah, it's it's a major part of your yeah. life. I mean, you yeah, you've been in the yeah. Been so in the I would go since, yeah since yeah yeah long. What, f- nearly fifty years or yeah well yeah or depends when you start 40. counting um, I'd say. Uh, yeah, 70. Mm-hmm. Pratt. Wow. 
uh, started. So now I grew up, I was born in Brooklyn. I lived there three years. Um, okay. My folks, folks moved out to Nassau County, maybe 25 miles uh, away wow. from Manhattan. But, um, you know, I, I moved back into Pratt when I was 19 and uh, mm-hmm. kind of never left, never really went back home again That's after amazing. that. Um, so that world would be, would be deep, you know, and, um, even when I was at Rudy's and so involved in the guitar and music world, um, uh, in, in, in a number of ways at that point, every time I would go to someone's opening, you know, that I'd known for a long time, Mm -hmm. um, I felt like I was grounded and home and it was a little bittersweet, but I was still able to access both of them. Yeah. Yeah, in the same city, and mm-hmm. uh, that was um, that was that was really really great. Um, yeah, and I feel cool. lucky yeah. Uh, yeah. that you know see a lot of uh, old acquaintances for years and years gone by, and uh, it was a sweet thing. And um, and and at Betty Cunningham's, that still goes on. Um, mm-hmm. That's really um, cool. So I've got a functioning uh, gallery like right now, like today, right? Well, she does except nobody has one except right nobody's open yeah 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 it's all yeah. virtual now See, there's, a, there's a discussion about opening our i mean well we're gonna op- we're gonna reopen and go back to work yeah next month yeah, which is yeah. uh i mean there's a plan to make it safe but you know i don't know if it's, it seems i don't know if it's a good right. idea yet you know yeah i i'm 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 with you on that one um yeah, I have um, reservations about, you know, traveling and being being out of here. But I've yeah. also been in isolation for right. too long, yeah. um, which is not helping me. No, um, there's something to be said for getting out and about. You know, you just I uh, yeah, like yeah. I said that I told uh, one of my friends, I was like, it's a thrill to drive out to go drive and pick up uh, groceries. You know, okay. all I'm doing is I pre-ordered them and they they have them ready. You know, and I just Oh, go grab but yeah, yeah. but, but it, the drive is like it's a thrill it's like I'm getting out of the house I'm looking around you know I look right. at other you know I other people are out and you know I wish they'd I wish more of them would wear masks but uh yeah indeed yeah yeah you know, but, yeah I'm not looking forward to that um uh, upstate I doubt if um, there's so yeah. much, uh, probably less people are more. The less people are wearing them than, yeah. than than the more people that are not right, right, right. now. Um, yeah, people don't and, believe you know, it's a real thing because they, they're not seeing it. You know, first. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think it's partly that, and and I'm fearful of uh, you know being with uh, guys that work with and yeah. and their families to yeah, some yeah. extent. Um, I am trying to take care of myself here, but. Who knows, really? Right. We don't. Um, and I out and about because that's I go and take a walk to mm-hmm. go buy groceries. So, oh, I mean, good. I'm not picking them up. Uh, um, you know, I'm doing that myself in this in this place. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm not doing curbside with that. No, um, they all, all, the, all the well, from my memory, all the grocery stores are tiny areas. <laughs> Yeah, well, they are, you know, a couple, there's a couple that are, that are more spacious, Mm -hmm. um, and, and feel safer, Mm -hmm. um, than the two particular places in my neighborhood that I, but I still go in there. I just, I don't know. I've had to, um, just, uh, try and like everyone, um, have some, some perspective on, 
okay, will we not be able to go out for two years? I mean, that's right. not, um, I, I, I don't, I, I, I don't think I could survive that. Right. You know? Right. I know people that can, and uh, it suits that, some people just fine. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> or the and and their situation is such that that it's very easy because they 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 live in a house with property around yeah. it, or mm-hmm. their their workshop is on the property, yeah. and they they don't have to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not the case for Mm-mm. many of us, to say the least. You yeah. Know? True. True. All my buddies that work at Rudy's, most of them are back there. They're mm-hmm. they, you know they're long subway trips every day or commuting from New Jersey. And uh-huh. um, then, of course, through the whole thing that with people having to travel, you know, um, mm-hmm. that are still working and yeah. don't have a choice. So it's like, where do you draw the line or not? Right. You know? And um, that's, uh, that's uh, I think, on, uh, that I think that's weighing heavily on most people. Exactly. Um, I don't know how that is upstate, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it really has changed, uh, everything in, uh, in that respect. Um, and especially here, um, and I'm not saying that to, in in any form of exclusivity, it's Mm -hmm. just the population density. Oh yeah. It is the big cities. uh, And yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and there's a vibe to it, and uh, I, I think it's it's not uh, it's certainly um, not not been uh, in some ways you, you know you have a heart bond to everybody mm-hmm. and realizing how inextricably interconnected we are um, yeah, yeah. for something that's not uh, you know that's that's scary and quite unpleasant. Right. Uh, right. To, to to be even thinking about inter- interconnectedness in that way, but yeah. um, it is it is what's happening, um, and to 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 what end and where it will go, uh, no one's clear. Yeah. So a lot of my anchors here are are virtual. Yeah. They're they're not you know they're they're teaching yoga virtual yoga yeah. on Zoom or, or uh, can study with just about any meditation teacher anywhere in the world mm-hmm. right now. Um, on your screen, right, um, right. but it's just not like being in a room with folks. And, um, it, it, it's also hard to think about that. All my musician friends here, mm-hmm. they're, they're not looking at working. They say, we'll be lucky if we can do that next year, Yeah, you know, in, in places. So yeah. a, a lot of my grounding yeah, has um, been, um, uh, definitely pulled out from under yeah, you know, going is... to shows to support friends and, yeah. Uh, you know, it's just not, it's not in the cards uh, now. So, yeah, uh, maybe, you know, maybe it's, it, maybe it'll be okay to, you know, be away from it. Um, still accessible mm-hmm. with an hour and a half train ride, but, um, you, you know, not walk out your door and you're here. Right. I, yeah, I, I don't it's still know. very different. Yeah. It's something, yeah. being able to just pop and make a five minute walk to go somewhere is really the best way. You know. Yeah, that that won't that won't be the case. No, and, uh, <laughs> well, so listen, it oh, remains to be seen. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. now you're probably going to be working with your uh, friends from Rudy's at their yeah, new guitar yeah, shop. Yeah, yeah. It's it's basically a, a building and repair place. Uh-huh. So, and it's uh, it's it's um, yeah, it's up in the Hudson Valley. So. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, accessible by train, yeah. but a long commute. Um, and uh, so it's it's about how to navigate that at yeah. this point. It's a huge question for mm-hmm. me. Um, and it uh, it's um, um, the timing has just been, you know, uh, with everything shutting down yeah. at, at a point of, um, and this is something, uh, something new. Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, incorporated some earlier, earlier work from, from uh, one of the guys who uh, moved east, back east, um, in terms of what he was doing out west. But um, it, it's, it's a new situation. Mm-hmm. And it's it's uh, it's 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 hard to know, um, uh, you know, as with anything right now, how sustaining can something be right now? We don't right. know. Mm-hmm. You know so the, well, listen, uh, I, w- yeah. I was wondering if you could share some of your music with me, because I know you I think you mentioned you had oh. done that or you might have something. Do you have um, any on, on, mm-hmm. on digital format that you could share? Yeah. I, I I might yeah I may I may have a link to that which actually um, the the drummer in the band um, at that time way back when at age nineteen he uh-huh. might have been a year older um, he he became a, a recording engineer uh, uh-huh. he moved after the band split he moved up to Saugerties uh-huh. so he loved that because he got to oh, play cool. touch football with the band you know uh-huh. <laughs> literally the, he was part of that community he moved to L A and um, I saw something Mm -hmm. on social media had his name in it, and I I thought, oh, and I contacted him, and he was Mm -hmm. very happy to be in touch again. And I told him I had had a a digital copy of that Mm -hmm. that my brother made um, when I turned 50 Mm -hmm. and uh, had a surprise 50th birthday party for me. And Mm -hmm. he had this, and he gave it to everybody. And I hadn't heard it. It was up in his attic. It was, uh, you know, a tape off of the the um uh, uh you know quarter inch tape that was made for us to listen to mm-hmm. while we were working on it. it was the record was being done at the hit factory uh-huh. which um at the time was only about two years old mm-hmm. um places owned by jerry ragaboy uh, ragavoy and uh he wrote all kinds of r&b songs okay you know just uh oh you know janice joplin covered them and uh you know all the also if you look him up uh, you'll you'll see okay what's his name again uh jerry ragavoy r-a-r-a-g-o-v-o-y okay um yeah he owned it um uh initially and um already format of vibe rooms do when you record in them if uh other people have been in there and already uh, we might have been in there within the first year and a half that they or two, two years, two and a half years that they were open. Uh-huh. Um, um, uh, the uh, the en- guy that engineered the sessions for us, uh, Joe Zagarino, uh, moved out to L.A. He's if you look at Exile on Main Street album, he, he's credited on that. Really? And uh, Yeah. And there's uh, pictures of him with. Uh, you know, with, with Keith in the studio, which oh, I think Jim Marshall amazing. took. And um, he, he was really kind mm-hmm. to us. He, he did a lot of things. You know, we were there all night. And he did hand uh, flanging on, on, uh, on the, the, the song. And uh, it was a cover. So basically a cover of a Moby Grape song, mm-hmm. one of our favorite bands. But um, my friend arranged all, the, all of it. And uh, 
you know, and I, I can, uh, uh, I'll see what, if I, if I have a file of that, um, I can send it your way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, cause Larry did that, uh, the, the, the drummer, you know, he said, you do okay. send it to me and I'll, oh. I'll, I'll, I'll work on it. So, yeah, yeah. um, I could tell you every lick that I played on that, uh, <laughs> in any of the solos who I, who I stole it from at that age, uh-huh. you know, as I was learning. Um, I, I, I hope I improved since then, but, Not um, true, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's, um, I'll, I'll, I'll be glad to share yeah. that with everyone at this point in time, yeah, yeah. um, if I can find it. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's, it, it's been a, a, a journey in both respects, you know, up till now and where, where things will go, Yeah. you know, well, so we're all, like, yeah. You are at a, uh, uh, a turning point yeah. at this, yeah. at yeah. this juncture. So you'll have to. Get back to me when things uh, settle down. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll do a little follow-up. And... Well, I, I'd love to. It, it's been a pleasure yeah. talking with you. Um, it it, uh, it makes my heart smile yeah. right now. And, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, great getting back in touch. You know, um, yeah. uh, and, and it will for, uh, I, I won't forget this for yeah. a good long time. Um, and I feel like I'm part of some illustrious company <laughs> on on, on the, these the podcast you're doing, yeah, and I yeah, also thanks, think yeah. um, it's kind of a sweet um, uh, uh, recollection, or or like an oral history of a certain time. Yeah, it, from it is, from yeah. from different uh, different age perspectives, mm-hmm. you know, because you guys, what I I have about twenty fifteen years on you at least, maybe. Well, well, that, well you know. Yeah. Well, no, closer to ten, though I think. Um, I'm okay. fifty. I just turned fifty. Uh, f- oh hell. Yeah. Five or six. <laughs> five. Okay. Five or six. Well, well, yeah, about a dozen, and yeah. and that's that's okay. the same difference yeah. I had with my mentors. Okay. Like okay. Jake was twelve years older than me, and uh-huh. that number says so some of them were even older than that. Yeah. You know. Um, but the we we shared different times early on in yeah. the same place. Right, um, right, right. And also, I, I even though I was here, you know, I could say, oh, so how cosmopolitan uh, New York, mm-hmm. as you said, it, it's a small town in a lot of ways, and I felt quite provincial that I didn't know anything about where you guys mm-hmm. came from, and or somebody that up in California I had a clue and all of that was um, a lot a lot of that was uh, uh, something that became um, a reality working as we all work together yeah yeah that was yeah um, one thing it I mean I guess it's at different locations at different jobs in New York you work with people from everywhere but we had so yeah. so many large groups of people most of them young artists with that much in common, all from other, all parts of the country and other countries. <laughs> so yeah, it yeah, it was inter- yeah, truly yeah. international. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I, I, I do, yeah, recall some great things that uh, uh, Jack Davidson. Yeah. Um, I bumped into Jack one day on Second Avenue. And, How's um, he doing? Uh, well, this, this is a while ago. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this, this uh, I, I haven't seen him. In in, uh, in in a long time, but yeah. um, what we were right near the 12th Street uh, Cinema there, and I pointed up at the the marquee because um, uh, High Fidelity was playing uh-huh. that that film. You know, it was a film about a record store. Okay, uh, I, I, you know, I got some catching um, up to do. Yeah, 
back then. Uh, and um, I asked Jack, I said, have you seen that yet? Are you interested in seeing it? Uh, he said, well, uh, not, not, not really, because mm-hmm. um, uh, basically the record store I worked in in, uh, in, in London was the store that, that was basically the model for that book. It's a Nick Hornby book. Nick Nick Hornby wrote it. Uh, These uh, shadows. He had was I think maybe his second book. First one was about football, uh, UK football, Uh Um, and this one was about uh, about a record store. And then they turned it into a film, Mm -hmm. but they Americanized the film. And you know, so they Jack Black was in it. And uh, oh, I see. uh, You you might have seen it, Um, but uh, yeah, I want to see it. But uh, yeah, I know, I know what I know what Hollywood does to. So it, yeah. w- it wouldn't have been an uh, honest uh, depiction to uh, Jack's experience. Well, it, it was he... very different. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I was, uh, I, I don't know, uh, I went to see Nick Hornby read once at Barnes & Noble, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he, he mentioned that somebody asked him, you know, well, we hear that High Fidelity is going to be made into a film. And he said, yeah, and it was picked up, you know, it wasn't a U.K., production company mm-hmm. i don't know you know who whoever it was it was american mm-hmm. and i thought oh they're gonna americanize it well that's a kind of miss the whole whole point and and again <laughs> it goes full circle back to my my um childhood um anglophilia for whatever reasons probably british invasion bands or uh-huh. something like uh-huh. that or, uh, or um, some <laughs> films you know mm-hmm. terry thomas comedies or yeah. some tv shows that mm-hmm. were were uh english just something about it i i don't know maybe born there in a previous life you know? right who knows right. you know english english guitar gear you know marshall amps you mm-hmm. know the, the uk audio gear you know it had to be <laughs> that it's it's been part of my life but ah. um you know uh some somehow uh that was uh, that was amazing that Jack said. I knew he worked in a record store, but when he told me that, <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah. oh, you 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 worked in um, uh, and I've forgotten the name of the store, mm-hmm. the, the UK store, but it was in Camden Town, so it's a cool. kind of a you know, wow. hip, hipper part of London. So, yeah, the stories, the 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 yeah, it all it's, it's all just um, it's it's uh, it's all sweet. And yeah. um, I'm glad to be part of it. And also that um, here we are, how many years later? Um, it's at least tw- it was 20-ish, 20-ish, 25-ish. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Having, a, having a sweet conversation yeah. that, you know, it's, it's, it's that thing when you, you, you don't have to, um, you're just going to meet up and relate. Yeah. You know, how, yeah. how, um, how lucky we are. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Overall. Yeah. 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 And this is Indeed, great because I get to reminisce, but also I get, I learn, I learn new things with each, with each talk, you know? Yeah. 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 As I did, uh, listening. Yeah. 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 I listened to James and I thought, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Thank what, you. what he was in the middle of. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. yeah. I was like, thanks for, I, yeah. I know you're the, I know others are listening to, other episodes, but you're the first one to say, "Hey, listen to this one," and I, I'm going to listen to this. One. I'm listening to this one now. I'm listening to this one. You know, so, so yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, those are people that 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 I knew that that um, uh, I um, you know crossed paths with, and it's, it's just uh, 
uh, interesting to me. And also, also um, it, given this time, it's, it's just it's really sweet to hear. Yeah. Hear some familiar voices. Exactly. It's kind of like you're included in the conversation and 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 and, and no one's you know one's socializing, so you might as well <laughs> Yeah. Listen to uh that. no. Yeah. It's uh, it's 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 precious to me yeah, right yeah. now. Thanks. Um and uh and a comfort and um you know, there's there's uh, there's a lot there with it and you know, eventually probably get to, to everything on there, yeah. you know. So. Yeah. Because you you, um, you 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 navigate it so well for everyone to make people comfortable. Cool, man. Thank you. Thanks. Well, you you're so you're so welcome, Larry. <laughs> and uh, and I thank you too um, yeah. for um, for 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 all of this process. You know. Yeah, um, yeah, so yeah I'm, I'm thrilled, thrilled to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And uh, yes, we we will keep in touch. Yeah. Indeed. Keep me uh, uh, keep me posted on your uh, movements and uh, I will and we'll yeah. we'll do a follow up. You got and and share any any uh, yeah. anything else you know anything you think of and, and we'll, we'll I'll put it on the you know on the okay website, on the post. Uh, yeah 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 um, be be glad to yeah awesome man okay okay I will uh, right. talk to you soon sir. <laughs> And I'll be yes, in, indeed. All right. Take yeah. it easy. Yeah. yeah, you too, Larry. Thanks so much. And uh, yeah, yeah, be in touch soon. Indeed. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was really great catching up with my old friend Phil, but I'm left with more questions. Phil, like many others, is at a turning point in his life. I'm interested to hear how this whole thing turns out. I'll have to give Phil a call later to get into some of the details. Thanks, Phil. Wow. Okay, keep listening, because up next is a recording of a Moby Grape song that Phil and his friend George recorded with a band they formed right out of high school. It's freaking brilliant. Listen.
told you. Brilliant, right? So I have an extra tidbit that I will share with patrons only. At the beginning of this episode, I suffered from a momentary lapse of competence. So some of the sound is bad. I cut that part out. However, a few details as well as the freshness of the beginning was lost. Lucky for you, I'm sharing it on Patreon, warts and all. You'll get to know Phil Rivlin a little better and also get a feel for behind the scenes on limited perspective. So why not become a patron for as little as $1 a month? I'll share a link in the show notes. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. I'm Larry Fort, and you have been listening to Limited Perspective. See you next time.